You're listening to the CRBC Barbados Podcast. I'm your host, John Rittersgaard, pastor of Covenant Reformed Baptist Church of Barbados. Today I'm joined again by Jonathan Aline, who is a deacon of CRBC. Jonathan, has been a couple months since the last podcast, which I don't think we were envisioning taking quite so long between podcasts, yeah. even though we don't really have a set release schedule. Uh, what's with the delay? Well, I mean, in the last time since we had the most recent podcast, there have been just a number of things going on. We had a couple of deaths connected to the church. So one locally, uh, Leslie Greenwich passed away recently mm-hmm. in September. And then uh, Pastor Lee Powell from uh, Covenant Baptist Church in Toronto also passed away. So we've just been kind of stretched a bit thin dealing with those things uh in-house and so this wasn't really top of the list priority yeah the podcast really hasn't been a big priority for us over the last couple months we do want to pick it back up though that's something that we still want to keep up with i thought today we could explore the christian view of death in view of just providentially as we've been thinking about this stuff and and dealing with this stuff what is it about the way that Christians view death that is distinct from other non-Christian views? That's a great question, but I, I think before we even get there to the Christian view of death, we should probably elaborate a bit more on what non-Christian views of death entail. So maybe we should springboard with that. Right. So, so what I mean when I say non-Christian views of death, you might hear people say, like, death is not a bad thing. Death is just part of the circle of life, Mm. something that we should just embrace. Some people might even say it can be a beautiful thing. It can be a a wonderful thing that it's, you know, the, just the end of our struggle. It's just, we should embrace the beautiful, the beauty of every stage of life, including death, you know, stuff like this and talking about death in a very positive way. Um, or I mean, concepts like death leading to reincarnation and that, some people maybe move up and it's sort of an improvement if they've mm. if they've done well in this life they'll be reincarnated into a better situation or views that for example death leads to extinction or annihilation you just cease to exist yeah that's it or death leads to an afterlife which corresponds to what you deserve because of the way you lived so Many or most religious views are probably something like this, where everything from old pagan ideas Mm. like Valhalla Mm. to Islamic concepts of the afterlife. Uh, For example, there are other religions which sort of have this idea of if you're good, you go to a paradise of sorts. If you're bad, you go to a place of punishment. Right. You know, there are so there are lots of non-Christian views of death out there. And. You know, the question is, again, what is it about the way that Christians view death that is distinct from other non-Christian views? Yeah, and I mean, there's so much that could be disputed there, and you didn't even give an exhaustive list of (laughs) all of the paradigms that are encapsulated in the various religious systems. Yeah, not even close. Yeah, and so it would be really hard for us to go through exhaustively uh, all of those uh, non-Christians view True. And, and debunk them like that. I mean, we could, but we would be here all day. So instead, let's, let's start with, uh, circling back to the, the same thing that you mentioned. What, 
what the Christian view of death is. All right. So why don't you take a first pass at it, and then I'll I might chime in with some additional points. Sure. Uh the the first the first thing I think we Christians all embrace is that death is a universally bad thing. So you just articulated views in a religious or secular system where death can be viewed positively. Like we're all just part of the circle of life. You know, I go down into the dirt and I eventually become nutrition for a tree, et cetera. You know, you, you help benefit other organisms in, in the world. Um, and Christians don't view death that way. Christians view death as not a, positive thing but something that was inserted into this world as a uh bad thing or a really a punishment mm-hmm. really right. uh uh it it was caused by our sin in the garden the uh, Adam Adam sinned in the garden and as a result sin as a result of that sin death reigned over all men right so um and really and truly it to be honest, it's almost inhumane, frankly, to speak of death in positive terms. Hmm. It's honestly, it's, it's taking something out of our humanity and making us like less than human. If we look at death and speak about it in purely positive terms, we, we ought not to do that. Like when a family member dies, when a uh, distant relative dies, we don't, get euphoric <laughs> and get all uh encouraged about that situation mm-hmm. if if that's the case like something is deeply wrong with although us. although to be fair i don't think probably non-christians really do either <laughs> yeah. even even those who articulate a more positive view i think i think stating it in a way that they might feel like is fair to them they might say you know just like there's there's good and bad to every stage of life mm. right like mm. so for example like toddlerhood like a small child it's like there's beautiful things like like zest and just Mm. zeal for life (laughs) boundless energy yeah yeah but then there's things like you know needing diaper changes (laughs) you know and not 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 being able to drive and not having independence and yeah like recognizing sort of that there's beautiful things as well as hard things about every stage right i think probably some non-christians would would just sort of articulate a similar sort of thing about the end that like, I don't think anyone would say, yeah, we get euphoric when people die. Yeah. But they would, they would say, yeah, it is sad, but it's also beautiful in some ways. Right. It's wonderful uh, in some ways, you know, that, um, you know, for example, um, people's, people's suffering is over, hmm. you know, or um, just that it's natural and it's, you know, the fear of the unknown is sort of what makes us think of death so negatively. But if we could just kind of embrace, you know, the fact that it's just a natural part of right how things work as humans, we we wouldn't have to be so afraid of it. And, right. You know? Yeah. 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 No. And, and I appreciate that. And there's there's some of what you said that even resonates with me and from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. But. Because the scripture calls death an enemy, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, in First Corinthians 15, uh, we, we ought not to, uh, dumb it down such that, you know, it's, even though it's like a hard part of life, even though it's a different stage, 
we we should be treating it with the sobriety uh and the gravity that scripture uh calls us to 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 address it with and then the negativity and I, think. The, yeah. I think that's the point we're trying to yeah you're to trying draw, to bring out yeah that, yeah that that if, if it wasn't for sin then we wouldn't have been cursed with death exactly and death wouldn't be part of our experience exactly so it's inherently a negative thing yeah it's called the last enemy um yeah, it's, it's and, a curse. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and well, I mean, I forget who it was, but someone said death is the frowning or scowling doorman who opens the gates to heaven. <laughs> right, for, right. For the believer, right? right, right. So there is a sense in which for for the believer, it might be the end of our suffering, and it might actually be the the doorway to heaven. Yeah, and in that sense, sort of incidentally, a positive. Yeah, but death itself is a negative thing. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think one of the ways that we see that is because death itself is unnatural. Mm. So uh, God's original design was for man to be body and soul mm. and to live uh, in the garden that he had created under God's law and work and keep it and uh, as God's vice regent to subdue and exercise dominion over his creation. Uh, when death entered the world, uh, there was because of death, a separation of body and soul, which was not originally intended. We mm. were originally intended to be both body and soul. So um, when, when, when death happens, the body goes into the ground or is cremated or what, whatever happens to the body. And then the soul goes either to be with the Lord or to hell, depending on whether the person in question was in fact a believer. So mm-hmm. in that, in that sense, it is unnatural because it was not originally designed. God, I guess, established the curse of death because of sin. And so, uh, that kind of correlates and corresponds to our view that is an, a negative thing. There's, yeah. there's a sense in which, uh, we, we take on a, a mode of being that was not originally intended i.e. the separation of a body and soul. yeah that separation never would have happened if it wasn't for sin yeah we would never experience the disintegration exactly. of soul and body exactly yeah and exactly. that's a very unnatural and negative thing right yeah. exactly so um so that's so that's the first thing it's negative it's unnatural uh in that there's the separation of body and soul and then also um from a christian perspective god will resurrect all bodies so even though we just spoke about the body going into the ground or being uh i guess incinerated uh through cremation or whatever means the body is important to god mm. and we see that partially through the resurrection like god cares about the body it's mm. not as though it's like a lesser thing it's not as though it's like a uh subpar mode of existence right like we we believe in the immortality of the soul in in that we we believe you know you either go to heaven or you go to hell mm-hmm. but uh we also believe that God will uh, raise to life all bodies, not just Christian bodies. Mm. It's not as though the unbelievers uh, don't get resurrected as well. Some get resurrected to eternal punishment and some get resurrected to eternal life of bliss and happiness to be with God forever. But it's, it's important to keep that in mind, even though death 
to use your term, involves this this integration of body and soul. God cares about the body, and it's not just this uh, lesser thing or this lesser mode of existence that we can just do away with and, you know, take on our, our better mode of existence and <laughs> live as spiritual beings. Right. Yeah, that's a good summary. Yeah. So death is not something to be embraced. It's an intruder and an enemy in the eternal storyline, if we can put it that way. Yeah. When humans die, the soul is separated from the body and the body goes into the ground or is cremated or whatever. The soul either goes to be with the Lord or mm. goes to be with, in hell. Mm. And then there is a resurrection of the body of both believers and unbelievers. And those who belong to God are raised to eternal life. And those who have not trusted in Jesus, their bodies are raised and sent to eternal punishment with their souls in hell. So reincarnation is not what happens. Nah. You do not cease to exist. Your soul is going to live forever. And in fact, uh, though your body will die, it will be resurrected to live forever also. Right. The idea that the afterlife corresponds to what you deserve because of the way you live is mm. kind of true and kind of not true <laughs> from a, from a Christian perspective. I think in, with respect to hell, with respect to the punishment that we deserve, that is based on how we live. What right. We, what we do. Right. Our guilt. It's something that we earn for ourselves. Right. Uh, you know, we are, we're guilty in Adam because of Adam's sin. We're all guilty. We're all corrupt by birth. And we as humans have earned for ourselves that fate or that, you know, mm. that destiny. Mm. <clears throat> so in that sense, the afterlife does correspond to our deeds. Yeah. With respect to our condemnation. Yeah. But from a Christian perspective, a, a blessed and good afterlife is not actually something that corresponds to our deeds, is it? No. It's it, it's something that corresponds to Christ's deeds for us. Yeah. Because the scripture says that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. So in other words, when we put together all the very best of what we've done, and we sort of put it on our spiritual resume or CV, mm. Mm. and submit all the highlights of that to God, mm. With respect to our justification, our standing before God, meriting a good afterlife, yeah. all of that is like filthy rags to yeah. God, according to Isaiah 64, 6. There is none righteous, no, not one, Romans 3, right? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. So none of us can earn that good afterlife. But Jesus came to live a perfect, righteous life in the place of our unrighteousness. So he earned and merited blessedness yeah. and goodness for us. And he yeah. gives us his merit, right? So that trusting in his righteousness, it's like he deserves something. So we <laughs> yeah. trust in what he's done to get what he deserves. Exactly. And then he went to the cross to bear the punishment that we deserve so that we don't actually have to experience the negative afterlife of hell. Exactly. Because he already bore the wrath of God in our place. So those who 
those who go to hell are punished for what they have done. They get what corresponds to their deeds. Mm. But it's not as if those who go to heaven get what corresponds to their deeds and they were just all better people. <laughs> Rather, it's that they were trusting in Jesus. Right. Trusting in his works. And so this distinguishes the Christian concept of the afterlife from the conception of the afterlife that's present in some other religions where like the good people go to a paradise of sorts and the bad people go to a hell of sorts. Christianity says, well, not really. Yeah. We're like, we're all bad people. We all deserve to go to a hell of sorts. And the only way that we can go to a paradise of sorts or a heaven of sorts is through Christ Jesus. Exactly. And what he's done. Exactly. Yeah. And I, that's, that's the Christian's hope. Even, even though he dies, yet shall he live. So, uh, but I'd like to, before we conclude, get back to that point, but, I wanted to raise one strange practice that happens in, in Barbados. So we, we still do, cause I've seen one even, even recently, we still do practice something called wakes. Mm. So there's this idea that, uh, either biologically, even though the person hasn't been obviously pronounced dead by, by a medical professional, there's this idea that, you know, the person's soul is still waiting around, like waiting around here. Mm. And uh, I don't know if this is folklore or if this is uh, something of more like traditional understanding. I'm not sure. Uh, or perhaps some bizarre experience that happened in the past. But uh, the the concern is you don't want to bury the person yet because their soul may re-inhabit their bodies. What do you think about, about that? Mm. What are your thoughts? Well, I think, I think simply what the scripture says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm. So, when we think about what part of a person is it that is absent from the body, that's, that's obviously the non-body part. Yeah. Right? Yeah. By, by definition. Yeah. Um, and, and I believe, I mean, some Christians hold a tripartite, the view of, view of human beings that we are body, soul, and spirit. Right. I mean, that's too much to get into for this podcast, but I hold the view that the term, term soul and spirit are basically synonymous and that we are, dichotomous beings there's two parts of us right there's the body and then there's the soul or spirit right and so when paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord that has to mean by implication that it's the soul or the spirit it's it's the non-body that is absent from the body right which is present with the lord yeah so when the the body and soul are separated at death as you were describing earlier in the podcast the body may still be here on earth, but the soul of the believer has gone to be with the Lord. Yeah. And so it's not hanging around. There's not some sort of uh, interim phase where we need to do something to make sure the soul needs to get where it's going. Right. 
for the believer to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Right. And the whole, I don't think that we have an exact sort of opposite verse in terms of something just as, as explicit about those who do not belong to God, mm-hmm. what happens to their soul immediately after they die. But I think we could reason it out like this. The scripture doesn't portray a worldview in which when we die, the humans who have not died yet need to do something to get the soul to wherever it belongs. Exactly. The scripture just doesn't present us with a worldview like that. Right. The scripture presents us with a worldview in which when a person's soul is separated from its body, God puts the soul wherever it ought to go. Right. And so for those who have trusted in Christ, the soul ought to go be with the Lord. And for those who have not trusted in Christ, the soul ought to go to hell. Right. And God puts it there. Yeah. So in Christianity, there's nothing that we remaining humans have to do to get the soul where it needs to go. God will take care of that. Yeah. And, and that's a blessed thought because I mean, if we, if we had to, like, how, I mean, how could we even go about that? So, so thanks. So basically, you heard it here first. CRBC will never be having a wake for one of its members. True. True <laughs> point. Yeah. And I, you know, I think I just, as, as we were talking about that, um, uh, it just, it also made me think of some, uh, Roman Catholic conceptions of, uh, you know, praying for the dead. Mm, true. Right? Um, true. you know, purgatory. Yeah. You know, but again, this is, these are extra biblical inventions that, that do not arise out of the text of scripture. Yeah. And the Bible just simply does not present us with a paradigm in which a loved one dies and we have to do something to get it to go be with the Lord. Yeah. It yeah. It doesn't. It yeah. says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for right. those who are in Christ. And and again, by implication and working out the fact that God is the judge, God is what what or who Moses calls the God of the spirits of all flesh. Mm, right. Uh, the reference is slipping my mind. I think it's in numbers, though. Moses prays and he calls God, God of the spirits of all flesh. So if God is the God of the spirits of all flesh, God will make sure that those spirits, which are his possession, go where they ought to go. Those that ought to go be with him will go be with him. And those that ought to go into punishment will go into punishment. And God takes care of that. There's nothing that we have to do or can do to get the spirits of the deceased where they need to go. Yeah, and and your recall is is quite good. It's Numbers twenty seven sixteen. Uh, I just looked it up. Yeah, thanks for looking it up. <laughs> that's not in my brain anywhere to not give myself any credit for that. So that well, thanks thanks for that. I I appreciate that. And, and we hit some really some other other good considerations because Roman Catholicism is still a present reality among us. And I mean. Uh, also, the the idea of wakes is still a, a present reality that's that's happening here among us. So this this is a good way to think through and work through 
these these ideas. Mm. This raises this raises one more consideration for me. When we even say like a Christian view of death, there's two ways that we could mean that actually. Now that I think about it, mm. one is what Christians do and what Christians practice and mm. what Christians think. Mm. But here's the reality: Christians can think wrong about <laughs> exactly. death. Exactly. Christians can embrace wrong practices concerning death. Right? Praying for the dead, yeah. Right. But here's, but here's another way that we might mean it when we say the Christian view. We might mean that view which is drawn from the scriptures. Exactly. And that's actually been my assumption as we've had this whole conversation. When I've been saying the Christian view, what I mean is the view that Christians ought to have, which ought to be drawn from the scriptures. So we Christians, ought to be careful to make sure that we actually practice or sorry that we that we embrace christian thoughts about death and christian practices surrounding death right which are drawn from the scriptures and make sure that we as christians don't inadvertently adopt beliefs or practices surrounding death which are actually unchristian mm. in their origin yeah or um antithetical to a christian worldview and the way that the bible talks about death yeah yeah i I mean definitely we we ought to have our minds informed so that we in our practice are doing things that are consistent with the revealed word of god Mm -hmm. so yeah thanks thanks for that consideration i mean that's why as i mentioned before our our comfort in life and death is, as the Heidelberg Catechism puts it, that we are not our own, but belong both body and soul, both in life and death, to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. So that that at the forefront of the Christian's mind and uh, in in their view forward, and even looking back at loved ones, like we had two loved ones that passed away, uh is is a glorious and, and beautiful picture when death is rightly understood and we're not thinking that we have to be trying to do something to kind of get people over the threshold or something or we need to be uh thinking that oh shoot well i don't know what they're currently doing to get themselves over the threshold like in the case of purgatory or something so um yeah i, I think that that's really helpful for us as death is an ever-present reality that we have to grapple with day day by day, year after year, sometimes more in some seasons than our than others, like what we had to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, any any final thoughts? You've been rattling off a, a whole bunch, so I'm I'm not sure if you have have any more. But any final thoughts on? No, I mean I think it's I think it's good. We can just leave it there for today. I think. Just, just recognizing, just it's real simple. Uh, we need to trust in Jesus. Yeah. And those who are trusting on Jesus, you know, resting on Him, leaning on His perfect, righteous life, trusting in His sin-bearing, penalty-bearing, substitutionary death, mm-hmm. they have nothing to worry about. Even though death is part of the curse, even though it's the last enemy, mm-hmm. it's an enemy that Christ has defeated. Yeah and defanged if you will uh, and yeah. so you know death becomes simply the scowling doorman that <laughs> opens the gates to heaven for the believer yeah and so 
when we lose those who have trusted in Christ, we do sorrow. It's yeah. hard for us, but we do not sorrow as those who have no hope. Exactly. And so long as we have life and breath, we want to try to be faithful witnesses here to those who are not yet trusting in Christ. Yeah. And to urge our family members and friends and coworkers and loved ones and those in our spheres of influence mm-hmm. to reflect on these things. You know, Mark Twain, the great American novelist, said the statistics are staggering. One out of every one person dies. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a, a bit of a humorous and, and uh, funny kind of tongue-in-cheek way to put it, but it is true. Yeah. And so we want to, as Christians, we want to, in, in uh, appropriate and, you know, sensitive and respectful ways, we want to have conversations about death and preparing for death and preparing for the afterlife with the unbelievers around us yeah. and urge them to likewise trust in Christ. Yeah. 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 No, a- amen. And I really love that comment about the scowling doorman, a scowling doorman that has no power to, mm-hmm. to prevent you from being embraced by the Lord Jesus. So, right. uh, as as you said before, even though we may lose those who have trusted in Christ, we sorrow, but not as those who have no hope. Yeah. So, Amen. All right. Thanks for listening.